Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 74 of the Talking Chop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, on this fine Sunday evening, uh, and joining me um, from an undisclosed location that I will allow you to, uh, to disclose if you'd like to, uh, joining me is uh, Talking Chop's own, Eric Cole. What's up, man? Hey, man. How are you? I am from the lovely state of Florida. Uh, beyond that, I'll keep my current location secret, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're, on a, we're on a bit of a trip to do a little bit of some uh, wandering around, looking at some you know prospects, so it's gonna be a good time. On the grind, uh, it never stops. Even though, even though this is like it's basically trade season, it's also uh, prospect season. And uh, obviously, the the big undertaking this week on Talking Chop, at least la- sorry last week, I guess, as we record this, uh, was the prospect rankings, which I promise people we will we will be talking about uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, we're we're gonna get to it, I promise. But uh, let's talk about some major league stuff first, uh, just because. Uh, the Braves just swept the Diamondbacks, which I was not expecting coming out of the All Star yeah. break. But that's nice. I was frankly, I mean, like you kind of hope for two out of three, maybe get a little bit lucky against a what ended up being a really good team. Uh, but I mean, the Braves handled the Diamondbacks. I mean, there was a couple back and forth moments here and there, but you know, it seemed like the, they pitched really well. Uh, really had some timely hitting from you know a variety of different sources. Brendan Phillips is unbelievable this series so it was overall it was a really good effort from the team and you know getting back to 500 is you know is a is a non-trivial thing especially this late in the season for sure i mean there's been a lot of uh, discussion sparked by reaching 500 uh, both locally and nationally about just kind of what the braves are at this point but uh, i mean we, could, we don't even have to do that necessarily it's just one of those things where uh, it's just nice to have the braves be you know semi-relevant into july it's uh, aside from trades because you know the last couple of years it's basically been all right trade market and aside from that it's been not not been a whole lot about actual baseball and right now you know, my, my guard is up in terms of how good this team actually is, but it's certainly entertaining. And to start the start the second half uh, this way is uh, very very encouraging, even if it's just to sort of hang around the periphery a little bit um, for a little bit for a little while longer. Because I'm not sure I still believe this team is going to suddenly be a playoff team now, but um, it's definitely better than I thought it was going to be. And, and uh, if you ask me what the record was between, uh, after 90 games of the season, I would not have said 45 and 45. So that's fun. Yeah, and you know we'll know. I think we'll know a little bit more once the Dodgers are in. You know, a couple of these series against the Dodgers this month. Uh, this is a team that's you know basically steamrolling everyone right now. And if the Braves are like you know like four and two in those games or something like that, uh, that then maybe a different conversation can be had because this was supposed to be this is the toughest month for the Braves on the Braves schedule. Uh, I, I don't think it's particularly close. And if they can get out of this with you know a, you know a positive record or you know an even you know or maybe even better than that somehow. Uh, then, then this might be a different conversation as we get towards the trade deadline. But for right now, you know, it's a very pleasant surprise and one that fans should be happy about. 
Yeah, these next 10 games are going to tell us a lot, um, for better or worse. You know, t- tough schedule, as you said. And uh, just because that's uh, all you, all you kind of have between now and the trade deadline is about, you know, 10, 12 games here. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, barring some sort of, you know, as you said, sort of 6-4, and 7-3 and three stretch here, uh, I think there'll probably still be mostly sellers at the deadline. But we can talk about that uh, in a second. In fact, one guy that's been brought up a whole lot um, in terms of even today was Jaime Garcia, who was very good. And his start after it was, which was encouraging after a couple of rough ones. His ERA is still only a relatively unsightly 4.33, but a good start here. And there was a report, I believe, from the MLB, I believe it was MLB.com's New York Yankees affiliate that said there were up to a dozen teams calling about Jaime Garcia, and the and the Braves were not quite ready to sell on him just yet. I'm not sure what that means necessarily, but do you think Jaime is getting to be more of an attractive piece on the trade market? And should the Braves be actively marketing him? Um, I mean, maybe it just kind of depends. They're very clearly just going to be playing a little bit of hardball. They're going to wait until right up the deadline to get the best offer they can and then kind of see if that's enough for them to jettison any hopes of needing it or whether or not they need him in the rotation. The part of the problem is one of the more major league ready arms in triple a Patrick Weigel went down with Tommy John surgery. And so then it comes down to, do you, if you were close enough to a playoff push, do you really want to get rid of a guy like Garcia and then bring up a guy like an Aaron Blair or a Matt Whistler or even a guy like Lucas Sims. And if that is that going to be good enough for whatever your aspirations are? If you don't think you're going to make the playoffs, then maybe it makes sense to get what you can for Garcia, especially if you have a good offer. And then you know take your chances with a guy like a Lucas Sims or an Aaron Blair or a Matt Whistler who are already on the roster on the you know on the forty man or something like that. Um, it's not surprising that he's garnering a lot of interest. You know he's got, he's going to be go, he's going to walk after this year. Uh, so in terms of prospect cost or whatever the cost is and on the trade market, it's going to be less than you know the guys who are more cost controlled or maybe who are highly regarded or have better track records in terms of injury or you know just success in general. But I. I would be a little bit surprised if the Braves ended up keeping Garcia, but that would also mean that I would, the surprising event of, hey, they actually had a really good run heading up towards the trade deadline, and you know they think they're in contention and they think Garcia should be a part of that. So I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I would, it would it would depend on the offers. I don't. I, you certainly don't give them away, uh, especially when you're kind of flirting with contention and the team's performing well. You know if. if I don't know if necessarily just giving him away is the right idea, but I also don't think in this trade market that you would be able to not get a palatable offer, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that, that's my thing. I mean, hearing the number of tw- uh, you know you know twelve teams that are interested in Jaime Garcia, I can't imagine you're not going to get something of value for him if you right. want to. Um, I'm on board, you know, sort of in a vacuum of what you're saying is like you don't want to give the guy away, even even though he's an aspiring contract, as we as you, as you mentioned there, you don't want to just give him away for nothing. But if you can get you know something of value, I think you probably look to do that. Um, but again, a lot of it could be driven by the next couple of weeks. I think I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised if Copy sold early on him unless he got a big time offer in the next couple of days. I think you'll probably wait until closer to the deadline, kind of see where the Braves are, kind of see where the market is on him because there are so many teams interested. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's he's like the perfect guy that you. You would trade if you're in the, in, in the spot where the Braves are right now, but you know the, the reserves behind him are not uh, exceedingly exciting in terms of uh, guys who are close enough to the majors to actually come up. And uh, it's sort of the same. Uh, it's it's a, it's a very different discussion with Julio Tehran, but it's sort of the same one in some ways. In that um, some of the reporting around Julio 
basically indicates that the Braves are uh, open to trading him for prospects, but they want to, uh, this is actually an ESPN Buster-only report, that said they actually want to replace him with a comparable, and I, sorry, and I quote, comparable front-of-the-rotation starter. So basically they want to trade Julio and get a nice package, but then turn around and trade somebody else for a similar pitcher, maybe even a little bit better pitcher, I suppose. Does that make sense to you? It's sort of this uh, overarching theme of like the Braves are sort of like towing the line between buyers and sellers, and they can almost do both at the same time. It makes sense. They feel like they might be able to upgrade Julio's slot, but they don't want to give him away until they have something else lined up. And that's just the mean. And that makes some sense. It would just depend on what kind of package they could get for Julio. And the problem with trading Julio now is that you'd be kind of you would be selling low on him. Uh, and that's not that was kind of the case last year, the trade deadline too, where he wasn't performing super well and kind of performed after the fact, you know, reason reasonably well to where he kind of got back into form. And you know, you don't want to be get the worst value for a guy if you can help it, especially for a guy who I mean, Julio's not leaving next year. He's still cost controlled. He's under a very has a very reasonable contract, and you know, on the road at least he's been performing really well. The problem is that he's haven't been able to perform at home, and there's not. I mean, you can talk about whether or not SunTrust Park is home or homer friendly or not, but you know, at the end, it just seems like he's not comfortable there. I read some things that he's not particularly comfortable with the mound there, and you know, he's certainly leaving a lot of pitches, you know, square down the middle of the plate that are, you know, getting hit hard. And for a guy like him, you know, if he if you wanted if you were the Braves and you were really interested in trading him, you would prefer his value to be better than it is right now. And it just might not be the best time to trade him, uh, unless again someone's like here, you know, here's a, a really big package for him. Uh, and I don't think they would be able to necessarily get a package that would be as good as, say, the you know the White Sox got for Quintana. And if you're the Braves, do you really want to get rid of Tehran, even if even if you can get the cost controlled front top of the line starter that you that you're after? Do you really want to get rid of Tehran for what is probably his lowest value you'd get for him uh, right now? Yeah, I mean that's my big thing. I mean if you could still get if a team's ready to pay for Julio like he like they would have paid a year ago for him. Um, sure, uh, but I, I don't really have I, I don't really have much interest in selling low at Julio Tehran. I think he's a better pitcher than he's ha- than he has been this year. It's sure. not like, it's not like you're worried about um, his age. He's still he's still a young guy who's under contract for a long time. So I understand both sides. Uh, you know, if you if you get the offer that you that you want, then go ahead and do it. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I don't, I don't think you need to sell him for eighty cents on the dollar just to do it. Uh, I think there's going to be a rebound coming at some point. That's you know, there's some speculation there. You know, there's obviously the worry that Julio is just now this guy, which is not a great pitcher, and that he'll further tank his value. But I, I'm I'm willing to sort of gamble a little bit on that if I'm uh, if I'm copy in the front office. But I don't know. I mean, it's just sort of a weird setup because uh, as as I said before, like they're sort of towing the line here. Like it'd be pretty interesting if they if they sold uh, on Julio for a package and then t- basically turned around and traded for you know Sonny Gray or something like that. And I'm not sure Sonny Gray is better than Julio Tehran. I know I know he has been at times, but Julio's also been better at times. Um, I think I think Quintana is uh, obviously off the market at this point. If you can go get if you can go out and get Chris Archer, then sure, because he's I think pretty solidly better than Julio Tehran. But like I don't know, maybe, maybe disagree. But I'm not I'm not even sure that Sonny Gray is an upgrade on Julio Tehran. It's just sort of a weird spot. Yeah, it's that that in, in terms of total value, it seems relatively comparable. So it's not you know it, what what are you trying to accomplish with the trade? I guess is my maybe right. if you really think Julio Julio Tehran is trending downward, then maybe it makes sense, and maybe this, his value will never be higher than it is right now. But that doesn't seem like the best bet to me. Uh, I think I think he's just I, th- I I think you're right. I think he's a better pitcher. Uh, I think you're gambling a lot on Sonny Gray and uh, relatively iffy track record with him. I mean, yes, he's been great before, but he's also been pretty awful before. So, you know, again, if you're getting a Chris Archer, I mean, if you're trying to get a comparable package, 
back in prospects for Julio that you're going to be giving up in, in Archer, you're you're crazy. So you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, like, that, I, and I'm not even sure if the, the Rays are even going to be selling either. Part of right. the problem is that there's so many teams in contention that how are you going to pry away some of the things that you want from these teams when they they're I mean they're hanging around kind of like the Braves are. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know. There's probably there's probably more names out there that we just haven't heard yet that could be could be available. Those are the sort of the two primary ones now that uh, Quintana's off the market. Um, that would have been interesting for the Braves. And of course, they were reportedly in the mix uh, all the way to the end there, even with uh, apparently the willingness to include Ozzy Albies, which was interesting, I thought, but not Ronald Acuna, which we can uh, sort of bridge into uh, some of that talk uh, now if you're up for it. Um, Sure. Did that did that surprise you at all? It didn't surprise me at all. But I'm wondering if that, and sort of you being the prospect guy that you are, does that surprise you? The Braves would be willing to include Ozzy and not Acuna. Well, I mean, it just depends on the package, right? I mean, if like they wanted, like you know, if the Braves are like, hey, what would you mean? My my impression of these talks were that they didn't get as far. They were probably like the second place finisher, but like talks that included Ozzy Albie's pack, packages didn't get super like involved and like there was like a hard offer on the table right and if the Braves are like hey would you take Ozzy Albies and two lesser prospects for Quintana and the Braves are, and the White Sox were even considering that the Braves should have jumped all over that yes uh, but but now if the White Sox are like we want Albies and Ronald Acuna plus plus something else no. you know the Braves would have done the right thing in running away so you you know you can't evaluate the willingness to get rid of a guy like an Ozzy Albies, who is a, who still is a prospect for a, like a proven really good pitcher, uh, and it depends on the package, right? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been included in a lot of different packages and trade proposals. But at the same time, you know, it's not like they were going to give. It's not like a situation where the Braves were willing to give up Albies and three other top 100 prospects. But if it was like Ozzy and then like two guys in Low A who are fringe prospects at best. You know, those are very different things. And so I'm not surprised his name was in, was in talks at all. And I think that what happened was the White Sox said, hey, would you give up Albies and Acuna? And the Braves were like, you know, enjoy enjoy keeping Quintana or getting a better offer because you know, yeah. we, we, we've gone as far as we're willing to go. For sure. And I, I don't know. It's always it's always funny to see uh, the general reaction on these kind of reports. Um, there's the there's the, always the side of the, the Braves fans that just, uh, I think, overvalue the prospects and might think that it's like unthinkable to trade even Ozzy Albies for a guy like Quintana, whereas there's the other side who's uh, willing to sell almost at any cost. I don't know. It's it's always funny to me. Uh, to see oh, I mean, the, there, there, there are White Sox fans who are like, so what do you think would be a fair price for, for, for Quintana? How about Acuna, Albies, Soroka? And Braxton Davidson, <laughs> and they've lost their minds if they think that's what they're going to get for him. You know what oh. I mean? But at the same time, I mean, it's always going to be a happy. It's going to be in the middle somewhere. Is probably what the realistic trade value is. And I think the Braves made the right decision because I mean, Quintana's a Quintana's a fine pitcher, and they should have been they should have been talking to them about him. But they I mean they got a really good haul for that too, and I think it ends up working out for both clubs in that particular sense. You know, but you know the White Sox got a good haul. They got you know got top five prospect in baseball, and that's that's not nothing. Uh, and I'm glad the, I'm happy for the White Sox fans. I'm happy for the Cubs. I'm glad the Braves were not anywhere close to any, that sort of deal. Yeah, I mean, here's an interesting question for you. Would you, if you had heard that the Braves would have included Acuna and not just Acuna, not just not not one for one, but like if if Acuna was the centerpiece of a Katana offer, would you have been okay with that? No, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I, that's what I thought. I just I just thought. Yeah, no, 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 and it's how why why would I say that? I'm not. 100% convinced that Quintana is what the Braves necessarily need right now, especially when you consider that you don't really know what you have in, in Acuna yet. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not sure if his value has necessarily set himself. He his emergence into like the top ten, top fifteen prospects in baseball by I think most people at this point is fairly new, and I think that you don't really necessarily his market value has not been established yet. I'm not. I would never say never to trading a guy, but in terms of like a Quintana trade, I mean Acuna could be a piece that you could replace Nick Barcakis. Or Matt Kemp, God forbid, if you can get rid of either one of those contracts or either one of those players, like that's that's real value that could be happening very soon. Especially if you're if you're willing to uh, promote this guy to AAA, then you need to be thinking about improving this club, not just in the rotation but in the outfield as well. And th- that's a guy that could be an instant upgrade in terms of total value, possibly at either of those positions. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're talking about a guy who is now a sort of a consensus top 15-ish prospect in baseball. Uh, who's 19 years old and is now in yep. AAA, and uh, you know it's a very small sample, but already led AAA on fire. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'd be pretty scared away by that. I think uh, pretty pretty solidly, I would be less worried about. I'm I'm less worried about Ozzy Albies burning you in a trade. I think Ozzy Albies is going to be a good major league baseball player, but I'm not sure he's ever going to be the guy that's like this legendary uh, bad trade that you've made kind of thing. Whereas if you trade Ronald Acuna and he becomes you know a top player in baseball, which is like not inconceivable. Um, that might just set you on fire for a long time. So I don't know. It's just the risk reward factor, I guess. I, I, I guess Especially, it's not like it's not like Jose Quintana's been pitching out of his mind this year. You know right. what I mean? Like the it's um, Quintana's a very good pitcher. Don't I mean don't get me wrong. I'd be happy to have him on the Braves, especially considering who they've trotted out this year from time <laughs> to time. Yes. But you know, it's giving up a lot for him is a tough sell for me. You know, if we're talking about a Chris Archer, if we're talking about you know some another name like you know something like a top 10 pitcher in baseball or something like that that's under control. I mean, you know, you, you don't you don't you don't say no to any name until you at least know what the offer is. So so but, you know, Quintana is just not as exciting for me to get rid of a guy like Acuña. So you you mentioned Archer. I'm not I'm not sure this is ever going to be actual thing, but would that would that change your mind? Would you be willing to include Acuña in a in a deal for Archer if that came down to it? It would depend entirely on the package. Okay. I mean, and I'm, I'm being honest. I think so. It's, Rays, not, it's not a firm no, like it would be for Katana. So it, w- it wouldn't be a firm like if it was like obviously like one for one. You're like, um, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 you know, I, I think the Rays will want a lot for Archer, and they, and they should. Not, and yeah, they should ask. They should ask for whatever they want to ask for, especially since you know they're going to want to compete soon. And guys like Ozzy Albies and Acuna are going to be at the top of the list because they're still kind of in contention, and they're both at AAA. Yep. So, and I mean, sometimes the price, I mean, sometimes what the fair price is and what a team should pay is not the same thing. You know what I mean? That's the, the, the market is what it is for, you know, controllable young arms and, you know, either you're willing to pay it or you're not. And I just don't know if the Braves are necessarily at the place where they need to be. I think they need to figure out who they're going to be taking from this wave and who they want uh, next. And there's being so aggressive for promotions right now. I think letting that settle in a little bit might be helpful for them before they make a big, big move. Yeah, for sure, and I'm I'm good with all of that. I think we're kind of in lockstep on uh, on Acuna and Albies and the sort of their value and then things like that. So we can move on from there. A couple of, like little things to hit on before we get into your uh, your famous prospect list. Uh, looks like Sean Rodriguez and Danny Santana are going to be back on Monday. As people listen to this, probably today as you're listening to this now, um, that's reported by Mark Bowman and David Bryan of the AJC. So uh, that looks like it's going to be happening. Uh, obviously, Rodriguez is sort of the headliner because he has not played all year after signing the two-year deal with Atlanta and getting injured. Um, is, that a, is, that, is that an intriguing piece for you? I've always kind of liked Sean Rodriguez. Uh, I'm not sure like 
Obviously, I'm not 100% sure what he's going to look like because he hasn't played baseball in a while. Um, but I'm encouraged and ex- sort of excited because that gives the Braves a lot more flexibility that allows them to move on from a couple people if they want to. If they want to trade Matt Adams, um, they kind of have that ready-made replacement. And uh, Rodriguez, not, obviously not, not the hitter that Matt Adams is, but uh, sort of a comparable-ish uh, in terms of overall value kind of player. Uh, what, do, what do you think about Rodriguez coming back in general? And if you want to talk about Santana on the two, then feel free. But more, more about Rodriguez than anything else. Um, I mean, I'm intrigued by seeing what Rodriguez, you know, him coming back, he's rehabbing, so it's not exactly fair that he's, you know, su- he's super rusty in a few months, but he's only looked okay to me. Uh, but at the same time, I also understand that, you know, he hasn't played since last year and, you know, he had a pretty horrific car accident that, you know, really messed up his shoulder. So, you know, I, he's looked okay at the plate. You know, he, he's, he's hit a couple balls reasonably hard. Um, he's looked okay in the field. You know, I wouldn't call him exciting, but he's also, you know, he seems to be He's, I think he's also trying to work his way back up to game speed. I'm a little surprised that he's coming back as quickly as he is. Uh, that seemed like that was, that, was a, that was a very realistic scenario there where he was going to miss the whole season. So him coming back this early is fairly kind of shocking. So I think mean, people need to temper their expectations a little bit as to how good he's supposed to be because, you know, it was kind of like this big deal where he went down with an injury and now he's coming back. And, you know, I just, he, he hasn't played baseball in a long time. Uh, and now he's kind of rehabbing and trying to get back into the swing of things. So... Uh, I'm happy he's coming back. I mean, and as for Danny Santana, he's raking down at Gwinn- Gwinnett right now. Yeah, he I, mean, is. I mean, he, he like went five for five the other day and then, you know, had a good game today too. So, you know, if he can come back and be like even better than he has been on the, off the bench, which has been kind of hit, hit and miss at times. Uh, that I mean that that's, uh, these are all good things, especially for a team that's playing really good baseball right now. Uh, you know, before the all-star break, they probably should have, they I mean, I say probably they should have won three out of four against the nationals. Who's the, the leading the division. And then they just swept the diamondbacks who were one of the two teams in the wild card spot. If you can get Danny Santana coming back off the bench, performing well, and kind of a super utility guy in Sean Rodriguez performing well, those, I mean, those are both exciting developments. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, might want to temper our expectations a little bit just to how much impact those guys are going to have though. Yeah, that's important to note. And honestly, I'm not 100% sure what they're going to do roster-wise with both those guys coming back. You know, you have Lane Adams is up right now. You have Jace Peterson up right now. I guess those would probably be the two most obvious guys to go down um, right away. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, or they could, they could go with a shorter bullpen potentially. Right now they have uh, they have Jason Hirsch that just came up uh, in Jason Mott's spot because uh, Mott went to the DL with uh, being bad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he's actually <laughs> But, uh, you know, Jason Hirsch is back and uh, – Interesting. I actually was going to ask about him just sort of in passing because he's a former, uh, hilariously, a former quote unquote top Braves prospect because he was for a little while there. Uh, is that a guy who people should care about at all? Obviously, he's been up and down a couple times this year, but uh, I think people just in general kind of have just forgotten about him existing almost. And that's kind of reasonable based on uh, the system kind of being overhauled now. But is he somebody that's still interesting because he's still fairly young? Uh, I'm not. I'm not particularly interested. You know, he was drafted as a starter. Uh, as a, and he was supposed to be a college arm that was supposed to move quickly and then couldn't get past double A as a starter. He was would not pitch well, especially later in the starts. Doesn't really have a, the, the, the the secondary offerings aren't very good. Uh, had a big time fastball. It's kind of it's OK. Uh, it's OK now as in terms of like, you know, a fastball with life and things like that. I mean, I think I could see him as kind of like a middle inning reliever. Uh, that won't be won't be embarrassing, but I, I he's not some he's not like a high upside guy or anything like that. And I don't think he's even probably in the top five relief prospects in the system right now, which is wild to consider. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I'm probably with you on that. Uh, lastly, uh, Arroyo Viscaino is apparently going to be coming back this week, at least if he's uh, if he gets through a rehab appearance. Uh, unscathed that's obviously interesting because he has a very very good arm and i think it'll be interesting to see what the braves do in his uh with that roster spot could be hirsch going back down could that be an easier way to do it they could also get rid of ian kroll which has been kind of bandied about because he's been really bad this year um 
Aroidus. He has been quite bad. Yeah, I don't know. Aroidus is always interesting because people just—I think people think he's probably better than he actually is. Um, but in the same breath, like he's—he's he's a lot of fun. So something to keep an eye on. I'm not sure if you have a take on anything. But just worth getting it out there. That's just news perspective. Uh, there was a little bit of buzz. He, they, he, they actually come back on Monday. That's not going to happen, according to Mark Bowman. He's going to do at least one rehab appearance, but could be back later in the week, and that would help the bullpen if he's healthy. We'll see. Yeah, I hope that Kroll's not pitching in the bullpen a whole lot longer. Every yes. time he comes in, it seems like bad things happen. Uh, Viz has also been a guy who's been targeting in trades before, and before he got hurt, you know, he was at least garnering some interest. So he's a guy that at least people are going to be mentioning in trade rumors quite a bit. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of what the Braves do with the bullpen because the pieces that you don't want in there aren't going to be desirable by other teams. Um, and I mean, there's also AJ Minter who didn't have a good outing today, but he's he's lurking in AAA in terms of looking for a a spot in the and spot the you know the Braves bullpen too, and you know they've already called up Akil Morris, so you know this the bullpen situation is starting to get pretty crowded, and you know guys who aren't performing well might get jettisoned pretty quickly. I always liked Morris, so I'm, I'm glad he's uh, his changeup's up. really good. Yeah, changeup's really good. I mean, it was a, he threw. I was I think it was it was, it was at least one on Sunday that was just like an eye popping. Like, all right, that was filthy. Uh, just a yeah, we'll see. But uh, I like I like him a lot. I think obviously Mitchell's is going to be coming up at some point. I imagine. I'm not sure how soon, but they may they may wait till August or September. But he's coming at some point, and uh, a guy who a lot of fans are excited about. So worth noting there. Um, all right, let's get into prospect stuff uh, before we get in, before we get into uh, you guys' list. Uh, Keith Law uh, released his midseason top 50, and the Braves had seven of the top 50, which is a jarring. A jarring number for sure. Uh, although your boy Mike Soroka was uh, was seventh of seven, so I'm sure that did not excite you terribly. But I, he, he did make it. I, I have thoughts. Um, I'm sure you do. <laughs> please, please share any of them that you would like. I, I do like Keith Law. He likes the site, and I'm uh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his work. But I, I, I know you'd agree. With, I knew I knew you would not agree with that particular one at least. Well, well, Keith's coming around. Let's 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 be clear on this. First, he is. I, I mean, obviously, we agree with him. Cooney is the top prospect in the Brave system. That's where we had him on our list. Uh, still not. The difference is opinion on how where Albies is and where Allard is. We kind of we have some. There's some definitely some shuffling. Soroka was not a top 100 prospect on Keith Law's list, and he didn't even have him as a top 10 Braves prospect this, in the preseason. Ooh. Yeah, he saw he saw him as a guy with a low arm slot and a slight frame. Now this is a kid who's six four two twenty, which I'm not really sure. I, there was clearly some miscommunication as to who what Soroka was and is, uh, but he's clearly coming around. He said he had some nice things to say about Soroka in his performance in the Futures game. Was throwing where he was you know throwing throwing the ball pretty well uh i don't think he's still a big fan of like mike's arm slot and he seems to think there's some stiffness to delivery that i don't necessarily agree with but this it, this is actually a stroke at 49 here is that represents a pretty big jump for where he thought of him before the season versus where he is now so i don't i mean i don't think he's you know it's, with prospect lists in general, just a constant state of re, you know reevaluation, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Colby and Soroka both performed extraordinarily well at a level that we don't really see out of nineteen-year-olds at Double A. So you know, these are all these are all these are all fine rankings. I I have reasons for putting you know where you put Wright, who's just been drafted, and hasn't played a game of professional baseball. That's 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 I don't even know where you would begin to even think about how to do that. Uh, and I understand the, the difficulty in getting all those things right. Uh, him being high on Johara is something that we're sort of coming around to that level of thinking too, because he's really good. So all, I mean, all these guys deserve to be in a top 100 for sure, and having them all in the top 50 is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't argue with seven in the top 50. I mean, it's nope. one of those things where the order is really always, good. The order is always <laughs> uh, the order is always interesting, but yeah, I mean, 
imagine uh, you know for, you, you remember this finally you know three or four years ago imagine the Braves having even like two of the top fifty now they it have was seven. really bad uh, yeah so, lot, there was a lot there was a lot of, there was a lot of Todd Cunningham in my life back then and I'm you know. And Jason, right, and those J- days are over. And Jason Hirsch and uh, oh, JR, go JR Graham. JR Graham, uh, the legend himself. Um, anyway, uh, yep. always fun. Not, re- not, that was not a fun time. Always fun to reminisce. All right, let's get into let's get into your list, and uh, I'll let you pimp everybody that that worked on it because it's uh, it's fantastic as always. I will say that before you have to, but uh, a must read for Braves fans that want to be familiar with the system. Uh, it's a lot of fun to break this stuff down, and uh, as someone who doesn't do this all the time, I rely heavily on you guys. So uh, your work is appreciated for sure. Um, I guess we could start with the new, with the new number one. Uh, I think people have probably read it by now, but I, I guess we can probably give it away. I think you already did, at least in passing earlier, that Ronald Acuna is number one on the list. Yeah, and I think that pe- some people took that as we were a little lower on Albies. Uh, and, so I, and certainly a lot of people have said things about Albies that may have made it seem like they're lower on him. Uh, that's partly because some struggles here. Well, well, well you, you, your hatred of Albies has long is long documented. Oh, we've, come we've on. Just grown, you know, you've been trying to trade Albies since before he could, you know, he, he was of legal voting age. But uh, the, the, the knock on him, even from like Baseball America and guys like that, was that his, his swing from the left side, he's not been able to drive the ball. And I think some of that was from the injury. His like swing was kind of messed up a bit and he wasn't, his numbers were okay. They were, but they weren't normal Aussie numbers. Um, but what's been happening over the last month or so is that he's kind of got that sorted out and he's really starting to drive the ball. He's hitting really well right now. And even the Baseball America guys acknowledge that, you know, we start on our list, you know, well out before we release it. And we use that scouting information that we have to make it. Um, if we had our different scout, the scouting information from now, we might've done things differently and had him ranked higher. Uh, and I'm sure Keith does the same thing. I'm sure Eric over at Fangraphs does the same thing. So it's not, these aren't him being ranked in the thirties as opposed to, you know, like a top 12 prospect like he was, isn't something that makes me that upset because I don't necessarily think that these are like huge downgrades and what people think he is. There's just some questions that were raised and they were valid. Um, it's just how we, how, how, how highly we think of Acuna. I mean, this is a guy who's, you know, you know, Top top five exit velocity or barrels in the minor leagues is crushing the ball, hitting you know stealing 30, 40 bases before the All Star break, you know hitting for average, been promoted two levels now, hitting for power and the power is silly. You know you, know, you see him hit these home runs and you think oh wow that might have that has a chance, and then all of a sudden you see a center fielder looking straight up and the ball's you know 40 feet over his head as it goes over the batter's eye, and you're like wow he really got a hold of that one and you know the futures game was really eye opening. You know he's has a real arm out there when he really wants to uncork it. I think he had one throw to home that was like 97 miles an hour. Uh, what else do you want from a guy? He's hitting for average, hitting for power. He runs like a deer. He runs off, and if anything, he's he's a little too aggressive. He works counts. You can't beat him in the strike zone. He has a hit tool. He has real power. He's everything you want in a prospect, and the Braves should be you – know, the Braves are exceedingly lucky to have him, and this is a guy who could easily be – one of the top, like among like the top three prospects in baseball by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's controversial at all to be honest to have no. you there. And that's not, I mean, I think uh, we say that my my hatred of uh, Albies is tongue in cheek, and I think that's he's still a very good prospect. Um, well, we we had two guys that did vote for him, vote for Albies over Acuna, which and is that was fine. That, that, and that, and that's and that's track record, right? That's yeah. it's like I mean, that's it's one and one. These are both perfectly reasonable prospects. Uh, you know what I mean? Like these are perfectly acceptable guys to have as a number one. Um, and it was it was really really close. Uh, I think that only Garov is the guy who is currently ranking Albies over Acuna, and I don't think that's necessarily a super confident thing. Uh, and it's just you know coming down to you know 
being that track record of performing well in the high minors and doing what always has done over the course of his career versus what Acuna has done. But again, there's no, you won't get arguments from us either way, but I, I feel like Acuna being the top one is pretty, pretty safe right now. Yeah, I mean that's what I would do, uh, and that's not because I think always is bad. It's just it's a no. Ceiling. It's because you think he's bad, Brad. It's we know not. That. It's not. Uh, it's <laughs> it, it's a ceiling thing for me, man. Like you, I mean, there's no scenario in which Ozzy Albies is like an elite MLB, major league baseball player. I, I don't think. I, I mean, maybe if everything went perfectly, he. All would right, be I'm a, not sure what the timestamp is right now, but when Ozzy Albies makes an All Star team, I want everyone to let Brad know. No, no, I, that's not what I said, though. Make, making an all-star team is not being an elite baseball player. I don't think. Like you're talking about, like a top ten player in baseball. Even like top twenty or thirty. I, I don't. I don't really see that. I mean, may, okay. may, I, I could look okay. silly. I, I guess if everything came together perfectly, I mean, he might be, make me look silly there. But I, I don't really see that. I think he's going to be an above-average major league baseball player, which is good and super valuable. Especially yeah, he's absolutely. very young. Like I, I get it. I understand what everybody's excited about. I'm. I would be excited as well. I think he should be playing shortstop for someone and not second base. But hey, that's another thing for another day. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like Brad's going to enjoy watching him play for another team after he trades him. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, I just think Acuna's ceiling, man. It's just it's so much it's, higher. It's, like, I, I couldn't agree more. He's, his ceiling is unbelievable. He can do just about anything on a baseball field he wants to. Yeah, so and that's that's, that's hard to do. <laughs> right, that, that makes it a pretty easy decision, I think. But I I understand Garav. I mean, I, I always give uh, I always poke fun at Garav, but that it's it's perfectly reasonable to have Albies ahead of him right now. If you I wouldn't do it, but you could you could justify it pretty easily. Sure. Um, elsewhere on the list, without giving the whole thing away, because we we want people to read it. I'm sure they I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast probably already talkingchop.com. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be linked in the post. Uh, I'll let Eric pimp it again at the end as well. But the other. Uh, the other surprising thing near the top for me, at least, was that Kevin Maiton is it is it Maiton? I always do this. Kevin uh, Maiton. Okay, perfect. Uh, came at number three, which was a little higher than I thought. Probably, uh, obviously, we talked about Keith Walls list before. He did not have Maiton in the top fifty at all. Um, I'm not blown away by that because I think uh, speaking of ceiling, Maiton's ceiling is apparently just out off the charts, out of this world. And it should be noted that he actually is got promoted to Danville. This week as well, so he's a little bit he's on the rise. He's still extremely, extremely young, but how much uh, disagreement was there about Maiton um, and his placement on the, on the list? The votes okay after Ozzy and Acuna were the pre-consensus one two the three through six the votes were extraordinarily close. So the difference between three and six, three and seven, isn't much if that makes any sense. I mean we're talking like you know a few like one vote slits switches here and there and a guy could lose two ranks. It's just that we had we had we had to break ties. We had there's a lot of things going on with, with with that. So that said, if you believe half of the of the scouting reports that are coming out about Maiton, especially when he was like you know just what he can do just in on the, on the baseball field, we might be ranking him too low. So it's it's one of those things where it's it's a it's a matter of ceiling. It's a matter of there's just so many scouts who just rave about his ability, uh, you know, a strong arm off the charts, you know, raw power, real field of hit, swing, you know. Switch hitting guy should be able to play in the play, play in the dirt, but if not, his bat will play anywhere. If 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 half of the accolades are true, it's you know again this is a guy who could pass who could pass even Acuna if he you know can really start tapping into that. That said, he's really really young, so if a guy, someone wants to get more information about him before they start taking the leap, I, you, you won't find any arguments from us. Uh, but Matt in particular is really in love with Maiton and what he's able to what he's able to do on a baseball field. Um, so in general, if it, 
if he's ranked that high, it may be because Matt was the, certainly the highest on him, but all of us really like the ceiling with him and his even where he is now, especially for his age. So we're, 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 we're happy with the ranking, but I would not read too much into like that, that next, that next group of guys between my ton, you know, down to like, you know, seven or eight or so those votes are really, really close. That, make, that makes sense. I mean, and again, I, I'm, I'm a big ceiling fan, so I, I have no, uh, I have no qualms with having the guy with the uh, with all the stuff that you talked about. This guy reports on on my time are, are off the chart. So, it, you know, lead into that. If I, if I'm that's, that's going to be my philosophy. I'm not a prospect expert by any means, but if you told me guys are guys are similar overall grades, give me the higher ceiling guy over the lower ceiling guy. Just pretty much always. That's just my philosophy, and it always comes down to philosophy on this kind of stuff. But uh, it surprised me a little bit. I was not appalled by it by any means because he's uh, that kind of monster prospect. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see Pipeline rank him really highly. You'll see guys like Keith Law not rank him very highly just because that's just, again, it's... It's philosophy. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. You know, like, it's it's not... it's not. There's no perfect way to do it. No, and that's uh, it's always important on, on this stuff. Um, first round pick, uh, we mentioned him earlier, uh, Kyle Wright came at number five, which is kind of where I thought he'd probably land. But uh, that's the kind of guy who... I, I can imagine there was probably some disagreement on as well, just because of the fact that we haven't seen him do anything <laughs> as a professional baseball player. So, I, I mean, how hard is it? Like, what go, what goes into that evaluation? Like, how hard is it to place a guy who's never played professional baseball? I mean, it's extraordinarily difficult. We just have to trust that we, you know, Matt had watched like a lot of a lot of right, and uh, you know, kind of having him inform our decision making. We just did our best to kind of put a future value on him, the best we could, and it was kind of in that 60, 60 65 range. Uh, probably 60 is the fair, in which case that puts him in the top five. And, you know, it, it, he could be the best prospect in the system. Before, you know, like it's just we need to put our eyes on him and kind of get a sense to kind of who he is and how he's going to perform against professional hitters. Uh, fortunately, it sounds it looks like we're going to be able to do that soon. And, you know, we felt we felt comfortable with that ranking based on the information we have. But, I mean, we could be there'd be a wide range of outcomes uh, based on what it is right now. Uh, again, that's just kind of our initial thoughts. And that seems right. And, you know. It's, I guess it's the a relatively close to the industry consensus, so we're happy with that. But at the same time, you know, it's something that's a very fluid uh, and it's certainly not something we're locked in on for the future. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you uh, sort of tell me anything else that j- j- jumped out to you. But one thing that um, – not that, not that it surprised me was seeing Alex Jackson as high as he was at 13, um, a guy who I'm always interested in, in, in catchers who can hit. And I'm not sure the defense is there. And you guys talk, touch on that in the uh, in the post on on Jackson being at 13. But I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see him so high. What have you seen from him? And is that some, a situation where where, uh, where you were personally as excited about Alex Jackson as everybody else, or was that one where you were lower? Uh, we're, we're we're all around the same area. I mean, the power came back. I mean, he's yes. already he's he's already hit he's already hit a he's already hit a career high in home runs, and we're only halfway through the season, so that's a, a definitive plus. And it makes me feel like even if catching doesn't work out, that if you were if you had to move him to the outfield, that the bat would play. The problem was is like they moved him to the outfield, and then he couldn't hit anymore, and that's just not what you want to see from a good prospect at all. Um, catching, he's you know it's it's still something he's working on, but. You know, I'm, I hear from pitchers and I hear from people who watch him that I mean it's not it's he's not a disaster back there and he's you know he's he receives the ball well. He you know is he going to do things that mess you know you know stupid mistakes or you know silly errors here and there? Sure, I mean there's going to be some pass balls from time to time, but at the same time because he's still getting used to catching again. But no one has said this is never going to happen. Uh, this is which you know for a guy who's been this far removed from catching, that's frankly kind of remarkable and it speaks to just how his talent level. Um, but I'm, I feel more comfortable in his bat now 
to say that if he weren't if it weren't to work out with catching that he could still make it to the majors if that makes any sense uh and that's kind of where we all are it's still a wait and see you know if he ends up you know cratering again he had to miss some time with an injury he took a well he took you know he got hit by a pitch and it you know really kind of took him a while to come back from that uh until after the all-star break but you know he's come back and he seems like he's running in the form now he hit a home run today you know he's He's a, a very interesting bat for sure. Whether or not he sticks a catcher, I hope so. Uh, and there's things to like about him back there. Uh, but he also he, he's still a work in progress. He's certainly not like going to be jumping the AAA anytime soon. No, I, I just thought it was interesting. Definitely, I mean, with as bad as a catching position has been in the minors for a long time, uh, good to see a guy who you know if he, if he can stick there, the bat plays in a huge way. It looks like we'll see. Um, but the power, yeah, you mentioned the power coming back. That's very very encouraging. Um, Two other guys that I'll hit on real quick before I let you do anything you'd like to. Uh, Drew Waters uh, coming at number 18. And uh, Kyle Mueller not being in the top 30, which is not even an indictment of him. It's just kind of a wild scenario to think about him being what a top 50-ish pick last year and not being in the top 30 in the system. Um, Drew Waters at 18, based on <laughs> – well, if, we, if you were to ask Garav right now, uh, you'd you'd really have to fight him to keep him out of the top ten. It's always Garov, uh, isn't it? It's always Garov. No, no. There's there, there 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 are outliers in all of us. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we actually put our personal rankings in the final post, the one through six, so you can see where all of us had all of our guys rated uh, through through the through through thirty. I didn't do go some some guys went further than thirty than others, uh, and we did some things to resolve some ties. And it's not a perfect composite in some respects, but um, we all really enjoyed what drew brings to the table before the draft and after the draft all he's done is perform really well at the gcl and getting promoted to danville as quickly as he did this is doing a lot of really good things five tool player has really potential on both sides of the plate has can really drive the ball can run has a really strong arm out outfield and he's showing all those things in the field right now that's the difference you know you, some guys like you know the, the power you don't really see it in games but he's already he's already cracking home runs he's already cracking doubles and you know he's already stealing bases he's already throwing guys out at second and at home and he's already hitting and he's, and he's hitting really well these are all really positive developments uh, i would imagine that he would be higher than 18 by the time the next we do this next list which is uh, what you want to see, obviously, yep. when the guys get drafted. Uh, so, uh, and as for Kyle Muller, we did not get particularly good uh, reports out of spring training on him uh, from multiple sources. Uh, that said, at Danville, he's been performing really well. Uh, we had reports his velocity was down and then his mechanics were a little bit messed up. But it seems like at Danville, he's kind of gotten that velocity back to where it was uh, and is performing well there too. So just because he's outside the top 30 now doesn't mean we hate the guy or anything like that. It's a very fluid situation, especially in those last 10 slots or so. Um, he could easily jump back in. It's not necessarily an indictment on him. It's just more of the, the reports we got on him weren't particularly good. Uh, but now that we've seen him in Danville a little more, you know, if he can continue to, to hold up and, you know, can we continue to get good information about him, then, you know, it could certainly, that could certainly change. Yeah, I just think it's not not even that you're like too low on him or anything like that. I just think it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty positive uh, indictment of the system when you're talking about um, a guy like a guy like that with uh, with, with a draft investment you know 13 months ago being that low on a on, a, on an org list. It's pretty crazy in a good way. So uh, <laughs> we, we 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 try to be 
on that that side of crazy for sure. Yes. Uh, was was there anything else you wanted to hit on in particular that uh, you had uh, takes on? Obviously, the overarching theme is that everybody should go out and check the uh, check out. I believe there is there, are there six posts in, to, in total. There are five posts and then honorable mentions. Is that right? I believe. That's yep. Right. Garrett Garrett did an honorable mentions post, and then there's five other posts, six guys per. Uh, no no particular takes. Uh, a lot of interesting. Uh, you know you know you might find some things that are interesting. Um, you know, including that Mike Soroka is our high, most highly rated prospect uh, pitching prospect for, and that the top three guys in the system are not pitching prospects. Uh, you Which know, is I nice, told, right? <laughs> I, I, well, I told I, you, you asked me for some bold predictions at the beginning of the year as to what the in terms of our farm system, and I said that the top four guys could be position players. Three of those players I mentioned are at the top now. I need Junior Severino to keep doing what he's doing down in down in rookie ball and jump a bunch of spots. Not sure if he's going to get there, but there's a lot of there's a lot of position player talent down the system. But if you want to read the list and with write ups on all the guys, uh, Matt Powers, Garav Vidak, and Garrett Spain all really did an amazing amount of work to get the list out. But that's at talkingchop.com. There's a link to uh, basically where a link where you can get to from the front page where you can go to and look at all the pro- profiles, including the honorable mentions list, where you can kind of see who just just missed the cut. And that's certainly not a complete list either. All those votes were really close. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. We're also really tired from doing it, so we're <laughs> uh, we're going to enjoy some baseball and some scouting this week, uh, and try to you know see some of these new guys and you know you know just overall just kind of relax a little bit this week. Yeah, it's it's that time of year where you guys uh, have to be uh, breathing uh, a little bit easier now that now that the list is uh, up and uh, you definitely earn a little break, even though it's not necessarily a pure break since you're doing baseball things, but uh, it's at least not grinding and writing and doing all that fun stuff. Uh, so that's a little bit better, I would hope. Yeah, yeah, it's only recapping six minor league games a week now. It's a day now. It's not you know. It's that's, that's it, right? <laughs> the, the, yeah. the grind, the grind, the grind never ends. Uh, I'm with you all the way. Uh, we, I know I can speak for myself in saying that I appreciate uh, you guys uh, immensely. Uh, I know, well, Chris, yeah. I know, Chris well, does as well. So, and I and I know you do too. You I mean you're you're not just covering baseball, brother. You know you're on you're covering what twelve, thirteen different sports for <laughs> all, all all over the place. I'm not sure when you sleep. It's I unbelievable. I don't, and uh, probably my baseball coverage suffers suffers as a result of that. But alas, uh, I, I get down in every once in a while. We'll see what happens. But well, hey, you know what? You you just you just bring the the Matt Kemp and Ozzy Albie's hate each week, and you know what? You just you, you just you just stick with it. You know, you know what I mean? Matt Kemp was not listen. Matt, Carlos is a Matt Kemp hater, not me. I'm, I don't love Matt. I don't love Matt it's, Kemp. It's, but it's, it's guilt by association. It is, and, that, I'm, that's and, true. and I'm pretty sure if I were to ask Twitter.com. <laughs> what your thoughts are on Ozzy Albies? I'm sure that the results will be predictably hilarious. I, yeah, I think you've I think you've already influenced that unduly. I, I, but that's, that's I can't fine. I can't I can't confirm or deny that, sir. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there you go. That's, uh, <laughs> that's that's what we do here on the podcast. Well, uh, thank you, Eric, for joining me from Florida. I appreciate you doing it at this late hour on a Sunday after driving all day. So you're here on my book, my friend. Uh, anything else you want to get out there? Feel free. But if not, we'll uh, we'll get out of here. No, I, I, I will leave you be, sir. Just basically, if anything is written by BT Roland uh, on Twitter or at any site, you guys should be reading it, even if it's not on baseball. He does a, Brad does an absolutely great job. I honestly don't know how he puts together puts all the content out that he does uh, and survives doing it. It's it's unbelievable what he does. You you guys love love and appreciate Brad, but make sure that you let him do on a daily basis that Ozzy Albee should not be traded. Uh, I'm sure someone will do that as soon as this podcast is up. Uh, please follow Eric on Twitter at Leprechaun. Also, uh, the Road to Atlanta podcast. you got to plug the podcast, man. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, Road to Atlanta podcast. Uh, we should be recording that relatively soon. It probably won't be tonight because we're all pretty exhausted. Uh, it's a week, relatively weekly podcast where we go discuss all the goings on in the Meyer Lake Farm system. 
for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it's hosted by Garrett Spain, Gaurav Vidak, and myself. Uh, we're also ba- Matt Powers has basically become a pretty regular guest host uh, guest on the show as well. We have a lot of fun talking with all four of us. Um, and you can follow the show at Road the Number Two Atlanta on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud at iTunes, anywhere you can find get all the new episodes. So make sure you subscribe to us on there. Uh, I think I did a good thing. I think I, pop, I plugged it right. Did I plug it right? You did. You did well. That's that's exactly okay. what I would have done. So it's it. good. I figure awesome. I'll, I figure I'll let you do that instead of uh, me trying to like follow up myself trying to plug the podcast. But I'm a, I am a subscriber and listener and downloader, so uh, I have to get it out there. Thank uh, you, sir. Thank you uh, for joining me, sir. Uh, as for everybody else, we'll be back again next week. I'll be coming to you live from Texas with probably some challenging audio, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's July and I uh, can't just take a week off in July. It's not going to happen. So we'll be <laughs> here uh, a, week from, a week from today. I'm not sure he'll be with me. It might be, might be me by myself, but uh, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get there. It'll be content a week from now. And uh, thanks as always for listening, everybody. Please subscribe. Do all those fun things. Follow Eric. Follow the Prospect Guys. Follow the site, readtalkingchuck.com on a daily basis. That'd be great. And uh, after all, we'll see you guys next week. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.